Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. Welcome back to Slaycation, exciting part two of the Ocean City disappearance disappearance for now, probably <laughs> leading to murder later because it's a show about murder. But this is definitely part two. We left we left the last one on a cliffhanger. If you haven't heard part one, don't listen to this episode yet. Go back, listen to part one, and then come back here and we'll catch you up with part two. You guys want to reset the scene for us? Yeah. So far, what we know is that a couple from Fairfax, Virginia, uh, Josh and Jeannie, have come to Ocean City, Maryland for a weekend in 2002. They've rented a condo. They're here to have a nice time, go to the beach, have some fun on the, the drunk bus, which takes people up and down the strip to different bars so they don't have to drive. They met a couple who didn't have exact change for the bus, a couple named BJ and Erica. They gave them exact change. And BJ and Erica returned the favor by taking them for drinks at... Secrets. Secrets. S-E-A. Crits. So, at Secrets, Josh and Jeannie learn that BJ is proud of Erica for getting in the club with her 357 Magnum, a giant gun. They also learn that BJ has a gun. Both BJ and Josh are ex-military. So guns are to know each other. Yeah, guns are not a red flag. They're kind of like a yeah, you know, guns are around. That's cool. So secrets closed. The bar closed. It got late, and BJ and Erica invited Josh and Jeannie back to the condo they had rented for the weekend to keep the party going. Cut to the the weekends ended. It's Tuesday or Wednesday. Now Jeannie is known. She is a fifty two year old like very punctual. Doesn't miss meetings. She's a supervisor at an insurance company. And Kim, what, what happened? They... She had a meeting that she missed. Not only did she miss it, she didn't show up. And this was, for this uh, Virgo insurance executive, a red flag to her colleagues. And they immediately called authorities mm-hmm. to have this investigated. And especially when they discovered that Joshua, too, had not shown up for work. Her boyfriend. Right. Okay, so you have two missing people Mm -hmm. after a weekend, a Memorial Day weekend of fun at Ocean City with this crazy couple, gun-toting, drunk, apparently drug-snorting couple. Just to clarify, all we know is that Erica of the couple they'd met was snorting Xanax. Right. We don't know anything. Right. That's a gateway to murder, usually. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. If that is the case, we're we're all dead. Right. Pick so, it up. So the authorities have been alerted. The Fairfax, Virginia authorities treated as a missing persons. They put out the word, but they, they also notify Ocean, Ocean, City. Ocean City. Right. right. Ocean City sends a detective to so top detective. Yes, the top right. man. They sign their top man to the case. I don't know if that's <laughs> true, but but I'm gonna say yes. Let's just say yes. A detective yes. is assigned. Yes. By the way, there'd be no reason to assign the top man to this case at this point. Right now, all all we know is that two people didn't show up for work. Right. That's it. Send in the third best guy. Right. It's a missing persons, but it's like we're starting to like see is there something wrong. They go to the condo that Jeannie and Josh had rented. Right. And everything's in order. Right. There's nothing out of place. In fact, their stuff is there. There's a half-smoked roach. Right. There it is. The roach signal from Kim. Nice. <laughs> Glad it's not a bunk. Right. All their stuff is there. There's no signs of a struggle. Right. right. It just um, looks like they're out and they'll come back and 
you know, maybe have whatever, a bite to eat or come back and pack and hit the road. So it's a bit of a mystery, right? The cops don't know what to make of it. There's no signs of struggle. There's no distress calls from their phones. No one's been able to reach them. So it's just two people are missing and her car is there. And they can tell Jeannie's car is still at the condo parking lot and it has not been moved. They know this because they check it for dust. (laughs) 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 They can tell that the car has not been moved because there's whatever leaves or whatever on it. So sediment, whatever. So there's just they have no idea what's going on. Right. But meanwhile, Erica and BJ are living their best life. Having a great time. I mean, still in Ocean City? Oh, yeah. Eating crab. Getting tattoos. Mini golfing. Oh, my good tanning. Now, girl was all about the tan. Super tan. So they're having a blast. A blast. Right. Okay. Now, do, now, do authorities know that these four were together? No. No. No, there's uh, no connection. Nobody's connected right. BJ and Erica to our missing couple, okay. Josh So how'd and you Judy. guys connect them? <laughs> <laughs> well, after this podcast, we need to call the Ocean City Police and let them know because... Wait, are you secretly <laughs> BJ and Erica? <laughs> Is that why you have that big bag, Kim, with your 357 Magnum in it? <laughs> <laughs> these two are just... Going nuts. Here's another interesting thing to mention about. So Erica, besides snorting Xanax and carrying a giant gun with her everywhere. And her coach purse. And her coach purse. And her jewelry. Lots of very fancy, expensive jewelry. Mm -hmm. She is also a compulsive scrapbooker. Okay. That's right. That's right. So she's constantly taking Taking pictures. pictures. Like that's her thing. Picture, picture, picture. Everywhere she goes. Anything that happens, she's taking pictures. Right. Interesting. So they're running around Ocean City, taking pictures, having fun, drinking. And there's tons of pictures of them having all this fun. But they're not locals, right? They're still on vacation. No, they're still, yeah. They're right. Like I said, they are living their best Ocean City. Vacation life. Yes. Okay. All right, but nobody has connected them to no. our, our missing couple. Uh, unless police somehow, I don't know if they would have surveillance video that right. would allow them to do that. So. Well, there was surveillance of all of them leaving together, but I, I don't even know if that... You mean secrets? Yeah. Right. But, but the, the thing cops is, wouldn't like, even know to look well, for no. that. And also, like, I can walk out the door with you. Right. I mean, what does that right. say? Right. But they wouldn't even know to look at secrets necessarily. They didn't even know they had gone there. Right. right. At this okay. point, all we know is they were in Ocean City. All right. And so what's... Uh, the interesting thing about this couple, too. BJ and Erica. Yes. Yeah is they like to do a lot of things together. And one of the things that they really like to do is commit burglaries. Oh, right. I love burglary. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) That's a new wrinkle. Yeah. They enjoy robbing hooters. Hooters? And the reason... (laughs) Because girls keep a lot of things in there? No. Because oh, you mean the restaurant? The restaurant. Oh, mm-hmm. I you that's meant, right. Like pickpocketing out of Hooters. Erica is obsessed. Obsessed with Hooters merch. She owns or <laughs> or has burgled, but she has like thirty Hooters tank tops because you can't buy those. You can't apparently. buy them, so she's burgled them. So right. She, right. Rather than has, just get a job there. No, that would be. That would that's be not her much. style. Right. She has Hooters keychains, Hooters bags, Hooters like everything. Orange shorts. All of it. She's obsessed, obsessed with Hooters. And they make a point to rob Hooters pretty routinely. (laughs) (laughs) I can't make this up. Wow. (laughs) So I I, growing up growing up in Miami, there's a Hooters near my grandparents. My grandfather loved Hooters. Right. Right. But nobody would go with him. I would go with him. Right. I love their chicken. They have the best chicken. Let's go, Jerry, you want to go to Hooters and get some chicken? I'm like, I swear there's better chicken. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he loved Hooters. However, my grandfather never stole any merchandise from Hooters. <laughs> right. Nor burgled a Hooters. These people were like, that's their thing. They like to burgle Hooters. Yeah. If you're in a big group of straight men, there's worse places to go than Hooters. It's the kind of perfect. Because the girls will right. sit down with you. Right. And chat. How do you know this? Because I've gone to Hooters. <laughs> The first time I went, we were in Virginia visiting friends, and we went to a Hooters, and it was relatively new, or at least it was new for us, and the girls sat with us, and they laugh at your dumb jokes, Mm -hmm. and they make you feel good, and then you order 500 chicken wings. It's great. I've been to the Hooters in New York. It wasn't as friendly, I will say. The New York girls, you know, they give you that New York attitude. I think I've only been twice. It never dawned on me to steal the stuff. No, nor should it. I mean, it's a really odd obsession. So not only is we it did run a, out without paying, though. Not only no. is it kidding. Not only is it an odd obsession. It's an odd couples activity. Right. 
I mean, right. it's like, an odd thing. Some couples like to go to theater together. Some enjoy throwing dinner parties. But you said burgling, not just hooter burgling, or is it only hooter burgling? Primarily. Primarily hooter. Right. Because she wants the stuff, right? She wants stuff that other people can't have. She sold it on eBay. Mm, I was right. going to say, couldn't she just buy it on eBay? Yeah, but yeah, it takes the but fun you, of burgling right. out of it. Right. She would make money stealing Hooters paraphernalia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sell it. So what does this have to do with Ocean City, Maryland disappearances? Well, they get caught burgling a Hooters? Kim. Ding, 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 oh, ding, 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 ding. So mere days after, yeah, this is later in the yeah, week. Yeah, I think it was the 30th or the 31st. Yeah, so it was like of, that uh, Friday or Saturday, the okay. following weekend after right. our friends have gone missing. The police receive a silent alarm. They tripped the silent from alarm. From a Hooters in Ocean City, Maryland, where they arrive and apprehend a burglary in progress. You'll never guess who is doing the burgling. Hitler the snake. <laughs> no, it was HIV. No, it was not. The snake, the snake, right, this is in part one. HIV was their other snake. So So, PJ and Erica are in, like, they catch them orange-handed because the... uh, Yeah. 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 And and not only catch them, but they're they're absolutely drunk. They're trashed. Mm -hmm. Completely trashed. To the point where BJ BJ actually says to the cops... We'll put it back. We'll put it all all back and leave, man. We're all good. We'll be good. Which doesn't work? No. Oddly uh, doesn't man. work. And she Starts is to have a panic attack. Oh. Right. I have the, I know exactly what to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> when you have a really bad panic what attack. What do you do? You snort a whole bunch of Xanax. Where is your Xanax? It's in your gun. Uh, <laughs> no, where where's your Xanax? Where is her Xanax? Where would it be? In, in her purse. In her purse. In her purse. Where her, All right. I where just, in her purse is a giant gun. Well, Oh, yes. no. <gasps> Uh-oh. There's so much going on. Jeannie's head? Okay, let, let's stop for is a second. Like let's stop. Well, well, Kim, Kim's exploding. She has so much to say. I, we have to stop yes. and give her the floor. Okay. So she starts to have a panic attack. And in any world, a suspect could be having a panic attack and can say to a policeman, I'm having a panic attack and I need my medication. It's in my purse. And have that policeman go to your purse to get you your medication. Mm -hmm. And what did they find, Jerry? Jeannie and Josh's ID. Mm -hmm. Spent shell casings. Mm -hmm. Yes. They found all of those things in her purse. (laughs) And the Xanax. And the Xanax, of course. Just to stop here for a second. I mean, it is really interesting. Like, I don't know if that's a normal thing. Like, if you're being arrested for burglary and you're like, I'm having a panic attack. Can you give me drugs from my purse? Well, I know, again, is that if a- it were me having a panic attack and I was getting arrested and I said, officer, I'm having a panic attack, I think I would be assaulted with the back of a gun. <laughs> Why? Because I, I can't imagine anybody stopping to address my panic attack while I am an active suspect in a burglary. But that's just me. The cops aren't going to let you go in your own person. Get it? So the idea is that the cop will go get right. You're you're got you have you're cuffed. You're probably right? yeah. She's so cuffed. She's, so she's right. cuffed. She's right. sitting there and she's like, my my stuff's in my purse. I just find it very incongruous, knowing what I've heard about most police stories, that they would even entertain like, and, exactly. oh, okay, ma'am, I'll Feature go to your purse right. and I'll get your medications well, and like. Maybe it was an opportunity to look in the purse. Well, that's true. Maybe it was good policing. Right. You're exactly. right. Okay, let's put it up to good let's, policing. Right. If you're having like a medic, like a, well, I guess panic attack is can be, be a medical thing, right? Yeah, I was because say, you it don't is a medical have emergency. Your suspect freaking right. out. Right. Also, if right. you can right. just give no, them it prescribed right. medicine. That's true. Yeah. But okay. I digress. While getting the Xanax, as she's requested. Right. They find the identifications of our missing people are in her purse. And they know these people are missing. Like this oh, is yeah. out there. Yes. Oh, the cops okay. are yeah. all very aware. Gotcha. And not it's not a big city. The whole police force knows that we're looking for these missing right. people. And when you say identification, you mean like a driver's, driver's license? license? Driver's license. Like just or like a wallet? She or had, whatever. She had she, just she, their driver's license. Driver's license and five spent bullet casings. And the reason she has these and is because she had, she had jewelry. She had yeah. Josh's Oh, boy. That's when they notice she has a ring on right. the, around her neck that has blood on it. Right. Now, oh the reason she has all these things is because she's a scrapbooker. Right. <laughs> she's the scrapbook queen. So these, to her, these are all items she's keeping for her scrapbook. Right. You know who does this, too? Serial killers. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they keep trophies and stuff. I mean. Right. So now, 
they go and they look in their car uh-huh. where they find uh, was it masks and yeah. zip, uh, ties. zip ties, like other things that one would not normally have. Also, guns. Right. More guns. More guns. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is the fun loving couple. They got some good kinks. So now suddenly they're tied to Jeannie and Josh. Yeah. Right. And the cops, they're like, oh, they're not thinking at this point that they're dead. They're assuming that they've been taken hostage or. Mm -hmm. And that they're still alive being kept somewhere. The blood and the spent gun casings. Well, that wasn't immediately apparent. Okay. At that moment. I mean, she had a lot of their stuff in her purse and their first inclination was, where are they? Right. Right now, I'm just thinking, like, BJ is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Between the fucking scrapbooking and the Hooters robbing. And and the the, asking the the cop for the Xanax. The Xanax, like, holy shit, Like, all this whole, they're all getting, all the reasons they're getting caught are 100% her. Yeah. I love you, baby, but holy moly. It's interesting to think that if that hadn't happened, that they might... Have gotten away with it. They might have, right. They certainly called attention to themselves with that. Now, what was interesting was BJ clammed right up Mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, I'm not speaking to you. So he was not answering questions Mm -hmm. and lawyered up right out the gate. And she couldn't shut the fuck up. Really? That seems so off-brand for her. (laughs) (laughs) She just started saying a lot of stuff. Right. I mean, she just was... Such as? One of the first things that she did was say she wanted to make a deal. Okay. She was wanting to make a deal around the robbery. Let me keep the Hooter stuff, (laughs) and I'll tell you where the bodies are. Funny side note to that. You know, there's a court filing that's I I read that's actually wild. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but early on, before things got out of hand, she actually had her lawyer submit a document that said, there are 30 Hooters items that belong to me that I did not steal. So I want these back when I'm found innocent. You can keep the stuff I stole. Right. But these 30 specific items, this was this is how this important is what, right. the Hooter shit is her. Like in the midst of what turns into a very serious legal situation, she is obsessed with getting back her tank tops and keychains and all this other stuff. I gotta see a picture of her. Oh, here. I have it right here. Because she could have just saved herself a lot of trouble just got a job there. Even if it was just for a weekend, she could have kept her uniform. No. These are them. They don't look like what I'd think. All right. So her Hooter obsession has led to them getting caught by the police. Right. Brought in. And she starts talking. And she says, among other things. That she wants to make a deal. That she wants to make now, a deal. Now, at this point. What's she going to give up as part of the deal? What happens is they each throw each other under the bus. The drunk bus. The drunk bus, <laughs> right. <laughs> At this point, it really is every man for themselves, every woman for themselves. I mean, she's trying to distance herself. Now, he doesn't talk. He doesn't offer up any information. So a lot of what we hear is coming from her. But this is coming from an interview with the police? Like, they have them now in the police station? Is that the idea? I don't, I don't know where this interview happened, but... Okay. Well, there was a lot of different interviews. And initially, it was thought that they were kidnapped and being held. Right. So the questioning is like, where are they? Right. Where are they? Yeah. Yeah. Where are these missing people? We now know you have some connection to them. Sure. So where are they? Right. Because there was this sort of people are in imminent danger, they were able to access their condominium, Mm -hmm. the rainbow condominium, Mm -hmm. which literally just had like scrapbooks of, of her... She had taken tons of pictures of them. So there's pictures of Josh and Jeannie. And in fact, that picture was part of the scrapbook, the one that you just Mm -hmm. saw. So now they know. The police know that Josh and Jeannie were at the Rainbow Condominium with BJ and Erica. Right. And that they were together. Okay. They search the condo. Is it a crime scene or... or... Well, they, they consider it... I'm sorry, but do they find anything, any evidence, blood fingerprint or you know i mean i guess they They do okay what do they find they find in the bathroom blood evidence okay they've done a good job of cleaning up but Uh they found it in the grout you can't really get out and they also found part of a a bloody handprint on a windowsill right there's a palm print you know you gotta do windows you gotta do windows if you're gonna (laughs) kill someone so there's blood they test the blood and it's it comes back as josh gotcha and 
Jeannie. Gotcha. Again, it becomes complicated because she's talking, but you can't really trust what she's saying. He's not saying anything. Is he locked up at this point or? Yeah, I mean, they're both, they're both, they're both, both in jail. Okay. But she's, jail. she's just going on and on because he's not saying anything and there's no other witnesses. Right. They don't know it's, what to trust. It's her word against whatever. Uh-huh. And, and she's crazy. And she's crazy. Did they check the snakes for Jeannie and Josh-shaped bodies inside? <laughs> they the did snake. find the key to Jeannie and Josh's right. hotel room was inside In BJ and Erica's condo. Okay. Right. They also found human hair and human tissue in one of the drains. Yeah. Right? And they also found a bullet hole? Yeah. They searched the, the bathroom. Right. They found a bullet hole. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. This guy's done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. Listen to Murder in the Hollywood Hills for free each week or subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com to unlock new episodes one week early. Hey, this is Kim. You know me. I love a good true crime podcast. Well, I'm not the only one who's excited for The Burden, a new true crime series from Orbit Media, the folks who brought you the number one hit, Empire on Blood. Anyway, The Burden tells the story of Detective Louis Florella, once celebrated for solving the toughest cases in New York City in the 90s. But things took a turn when a group of convicted murderers, all claiming to be innocent, became jailhouse lawyers and began investigating the investigator. Turns out they uncovered all kinds of issues with Detective Sclarella's involvement in dozens of cases, which led to the release of over 20 people he helped convict. Not only that, but the government had to pay out a record-breaking $150 million in wrongful conviction settlements with more to come. The question is, can these potentially wrongly convicted murderers get themselves released too? You'll have to listen to find out. The Burden, which includes first-time interviews with Detective Sclarella himself, is out now with new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so it's like a shootout slaughter happens in that room yeah but it's unclear okay. right because there's a little bit of blood mm-hmm. there's a bullet hole but she's not copped to anything at this point right so the cops are like okay something happened here right we don't have bodies right, right? there's no bodies right there's evidence that there was some sort of violence we don't know if people are dead or not we're uh-huh. assuming the worst we have clear evidence linking our missing couple to this couple right and that's kind of all we have now, Josh and Jeannie family involved at all? or Their involvement only insofar as their loved one is missing. Okay. This is particularly difficult yeah. for Josh's brother, Mark. Mm-hmm. Not long before, right? Like less than a year earlier, his daughter oh. had gotten out of rehab and was doing okay and was going for a job interview. and Went missing. Went missing and was discovered beheaded. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, and her heart carved out. And her heart cut out. Oh, my God. And this what? is in, yeah, this is in another part of the country. This is not re- related right. to these people, but. Holy shit. So Josh's brother is still just reeling from this. The whole family is. I mean, this is just. Of course. Just absolutely horrible. So now he has to deal with the fact that his, brother. his brother's missing. And then Josh's uh, son, Zachary, is dealing with the fact that his right. father's missing, Jeannie's family and her stepdaughter. Are, you know, so everybody's just like, where are they? Right. Is it out in the papers and stuff that this couple mm-hmm. is involved? So not yet. Okay. No, but no. Yeah, not quite yet. But what is out is... The missingness the, is, right. is a big deal. Right. Like this the, is... The flyer, so right. it's not... But only the cops that know that this couple now, they've got these right. two Correct. suspects. Right. This does not happen in Ocean City, Maryland. Right. It's it not really... It shouldn't happen anywhere. Right. It's just like... <laughs> but like, it is a big deal. It is news. Right. Right. It's, it's becoming... 
pretty major national news. Mm-hmm. And then once they release the information right. about the couple that got arrested, it becomes a, a huge story. And when does that happen? Timeline-wise. This all happened in May. Are we, like, in the summer now, or are we... I think we're in June. Okay. Well, Early I... Early th- June? Yeah. So Erica Sifrit, born Erica Grace, mm-hmm. she comes from a relatively wealthy family. She's the only child to Mitch and Cookie Grace. They immediately hire her a lawyer. Too bad he didn't get there before he could tell her to shut the fuck up. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's about right. Right. Unfortunately, she keeps talking. Okay. And her lawyer, it seems, is constantly blindsided by stuff that she's said or, or even cop to. You said unfortunately. I would say fortunately. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. It's, no, like being a, it's like being right. a staffer in the Trump White House, basically. <laughs> right. Like, right. Okay, so now what has she said? The deal is her lawyer brokers a deal for her where essentially the death penalty is taken off the table. Maryland had the death penalty. Okay. They don't as of 2013, but in 2002, you could get executed in Maryland. Right. So then they told her that she had to give back all the Hooter stuff. And then she said, you know what? Fuck it. Give me the death penalty. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Give me Hooters or give me death. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. So what ended up happening was they took the death penalty off the table, but she was then supposed to help. Implicate BJ. Right. And of course, what does she do? She does the, I'm an abused wife. Mm -hmm. Ah. I'm afraid of him. What he did to that couple, he can do to me and my family. So I'm afraid. And that was sort of her defense was going. It was, I'm afraid... The I'm deal. laughing because it's like, my abuser gave me a 357 Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really compute. Right. It feels like you don't give your, you know, yeah, your victim you, a giant gun to defend themselves. You'd right. think. But go ahead. Okay. So she's playing that card. She's definitely playing that card. Oh, boy. And it, it also helps, too, that her parents, they're not a fan of his. Of BJ. Right. So that's an easy pill for them to swallow. It's easy for them to sort of accept that my poor baby Mm -hmm. is in this mess because of this horrible man. Just to sidebar on that for a second. So when BJ met Erica, he was actively in the Navy, Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. He tried very hard, apparently, according to friends and family, he tried to convince her to not be into him. Like basically he was like, I'm in... I'm away all the time. I'm in training. I'm on missions. Like, it wasn't interesting. Like, do not get do not get into me. Right. Not into it. Like, you're going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be around. She persisted. They ended up eloping and getting married in Vegas, I think. Yeah. Like, very quickly. Like Silver some, Bell's Chapel or something. I mean, yeah, she some, when she, they first met, she was actually a student at University of Mary Washington, and she was on a partial basketball scholarship she was a good student Mm -hmm. she was a good student she was a good athlete she persisted with him and something about these two brought out the worst in each other he ended up torpedoing his his military career yeah i mean he was actually really he was the best the top of his class mm -hmm. at at the navy seals yeah he was really on top of his game he he was known as what they call an honor man Mm mm-hmm as soon as she persisted, she got him to sort of get into a relationship. I mean, he chose, okay, mm-hmm. he chose to be in a relationship right. with her. But she was all over him. All over. And as soon as they got into a relationship, she started calling him all the time saying, I'm, I'm freaked out, you're away. He's like, I told you I was going to be away. She's like, but I'm having a panic attack. I'm losing my mind. I'm mm-hmm. anxious. He kept creeping up to the point where, like, he was jeopardizing his military career by engaging too much with this. Mm-hmm. With her crazy. And she, was, she against rules, she flew to Alaska yeah. to visit him during training. And, and he this snuck is, her in. This is absolute no-no, yeah. right? He snuck her in so she could see him, got caught. They both got sent home. End of career. Interesting. At that point, that's when things apparently started to get really, really weird right? with the two of them. Because What did they do for a living? I mean, they were on vacation. What were they on vacation from? <laughs> well, here's the thing. He now wasn't active military. She had finished school. Her dad bought her a book scrapping store. Okay. So the idea was that they would run that store together. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it was called Memory Lane, a take on her middle name, which is Elaine. Okay. 
So it was Memory Lane, and they would work the store together mm-hmm. and steal at Hooters um, right. on their downtime. Trying to make a Hooters connection to this scrapbooking. They're just a <laughs> scrappy young couple trying the to... The breast uh, of memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> there you go. Memory lane. Memory lane. Memory lane. <laughs> the There's memory yours. Lane. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying a you word because I guys, know it's coming. <laughs> man. You're just gross. <laughs> All right. You're just gross. <laughs> well, here's the Josh is losing his shit. <laughs> here's the cra- here's the crazy part. The crazy part is, please, I encourage you to look this couple up. They do not look like the freaks that you'd think they they should look like. I don't know. I kind of think they do, but uh, I, I mean, I, look, BJ. Well, first of all, who named the snakes? I'm assuming they each got to name two. <laughs> Like they named their snakes Hitler. Well, maybe and he HIV. named one Bonnie and Hitler, he had, and, and then he, she Bonnie named and Clyde, Clyde is cute. Like that's a fun thing. Yeah, hey, we like Bonnie and Clyde. Like Hitler and HIV is a next level insanity. Oh, it's so good. He was also a vile racist. So he was a vile racist. Yes. Okay. Yes. And he had a yeah. a, a, swastika? a swastika tattoo. Oh yeah. And and she when they got together, she got the the little cross like the natural born killers thing on her hip like the iron cross thing yeah or? i don't know what it's some kind of thing from natural born killers oh, oh the, well okay right so together they were starting to see themselves especially once he got out of the military they were starting to fashion themselves mm-hmm. as this like very off the edge crazy gun-toted couple so right. wait, natural born killers came out when i wonder if that was an influence that came out in 94 Nah. So I don't know. Maybe that's too soon. But like you know, the, they could have fastened themselves after. Uh, was it Mick well, and Mallory? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it was that, who knows? Like it could be anything. Okay. Like, well, here's a question. Like you got You got the first time they've potentially killed somebody. Well, this is the interesting thing. Neither one of them has a police record up until this. Uh, of any kind. Oh, yeah. But what I was going to say is, yeah, look at the picture of them. They do not look like the freaks that you would expect. You think of white supremacist and crazy hooter robbing, Xanax snorting and guns and... Swastika tattoo. Yeah. Even like when you watch Natural Born Killers, what they become, they kind of look like this embodiment of evil. These two do not look like that, I don't think. I think well, they look shockingly uh, normal. I think they look a little strung out, honestly, to me. I mean, they don't, look, one thing, they don't like, look, yeah, they don't look like stereotypical. Like, well, I guess that's the thing. They don't look like a dangerous couple. Right. No, they look, they look approachable. Right. right. Which but, is why you would yeah. go along yeah, with yeah, them yeah. even yeah. in the face of, of stuff. Okay. So where are we now? So, so we're, so we're just saying this, the sidebar was, you know, they both kind of torpedoed, like she's not talking to her family as much. He's not talking to his family as much. He's left his military career. They're ruining they're now, each other's lives. They're basically. now in the zone of bad. Right. Right. They're going deeper into just bad shit. Okay. So they're bringing out, it's one of these couples that's just bringing out the worst in each other. Right. Right. Which usually ends badly, but doesn't usually end in murder. Right. I mean, Erica Sifrit actually said about her parents that they had a very close relationship and she felt with left her out. No, her parents had a very close relationship with each other and she felt left out. Oh, I see. That's not to say that theirs was not a toxic relationship. That's not to say that, I mean, he had done some very gross and disgusting things to her. You know, he had cheated on her. He came to her one day and said, let's start a family. And then she did. She got pregnant. And then four months in, he's like essentially said to her, get rid of it or I'll take it out. And had her terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Might, you know, might have been for the best. Well, <laughs> might have been. Yeah. So you this know. is like a downward spiral these two have been Absolutely. On. Oh, yeah. So now she is making this deal. And part of the deal, too, was that she would have to take a lie detector. She would need to do a polygraph. They okay. needed that. To see how much of what she's saying is actually true. Right. Okay. Right. Also because it's only her word. BJ is not talking. You have no witnesses. Right. Yeah. And the only other person who's the conspirator in the crime is absolutely clammed up. Right. So here's, He's doing the right thing, by the way. No, he is doing the right thing. And well, it will, it he's will, doing the right thing for him. For him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will work yeah. given the fact that she is a liar. Well, what did she lie about? That he's abusive? Or? She lied about the fact that he killed Josh and Jeannie. So she said that? Yes. She said basically he did it. Yes, exactly. 
Right. Exactly. I rob Hooters. He kills people. And right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And basically, he turned it around and said that she killed Josh. I thought he wasn't saying anything. Well, what's the lawyer? got involved. I got you. Okay. Right. He lawyered up. He took the stand in his own defense. Okay. So he was able to have so a very... So they're blaming each other. Exactly. And are they saying how it happened? We know that Josh and Jeannie went back to the Rainbow Condominiums with Erica and BJ. Okay. And something happened. <laughs> you can't say, well, you know what happened, something happened. <laughs> something bad something really bad and the blood that was found was pretty indicative of something really really bad happening right turns out erica had admitted that josh and Jeannie had been dismembered let's go back for a second erica was about to take a lie detector test yes well that was part of the deal the deal was was that she needed to do a polygraph she ended up not doing the polygraph because when they were having the pre-interview, she incriminated herself. And then the examiner was like, we can't move forward with this. Oh, so it's like, what's your name? I stabbed her. Right, that's about... (laughs) I mean, Erica. (laughs) Right. Right. So what what does she admit to? Well, she admitted that she had a larger role in it. She didn't say, I killed them, but it was... Well, yes, BJ told me to stab her, so I stabbed her, and saying more than she should have. Whereas before, it wasn't any of that. It was, he did it. He did it all. Right. So, okay, so she not only said that he did stuff, but that she did stuff too. And then they're like, all right, you know what? Maybe we don't need the polygraph. I guess we'll believe this. And uh, <laughs> Well, she, you know, she basically said that he shot them and killed them. Okay. Prior to this lie detector. So she had no part in it. She was just there. Gotcha. Okay. She admits that she stabbed Jeannie right before the lie detector test. So now at this point, she's incriminated, right? So mm-hmm. she's been lying, lying, lying. So they now they know she's been like, it's like, why are you even doing the lie detector? Right. right. She's basically pre, pre-test admitted right. she lied because now she's admitting to something she never did before. Now you've got to figure out what did he actually do, right? Because he hasn't copped to anything. Right. Mm-hmm. All he said through his lawyer at this point is, I don't know what the hell happened. Right. Um, my wife killed these people. Exactly. I was asleep. I think he said he was asleep, asleep in the van. In, in, the, in, in, the, in their Jeep. In the Jeep, right. Uh-huh. He's like, I was asleep in the Jeep. She came down and was like, babe, I killed these people. Right. Can you help me? And he was like, okay, I'll dismember them. Right. <laughs> so this is the story he's telling. Right. right. Her story is he killed them. Well, okay, I also stabbed her. Right. Mm. The other thing, too, that had come up was she had said that he had said, so I should just kill them. And she said, yes, you want to, so just do it, just do it. So Because at this point, Jeannie was screaming, and she's like, oh, just to make her stop screaming, I just said, you know. And she was screaming because she got stabbed? Or Well, she's screaming because she's afraid, and at this point, Josh was shot and killed right in front of her. Oh, God, okay, all right, I see. I just want to stop here for a second because we're getting into the details and it's it's a very dark, weird, crazy story. I want to just lay out her version of the story because there's some interesting wrinkles to it that explain, well, explain nothing actually, but I'll, I'll, oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll lay it out. So, so her version is they get back to their condo, BJ That's and right. Erica take Jeannie and Josh back to the condo. They're partying, they're having fun. Jeannie and Erica, I think, go in the hot tub. Erica tries to get her in the hot tub. I don't know. There's some, like, hot tub thing happening. Right, She's right, because I know she's off changing into her bathing suit. Yeah, she's trying to, like, get them in the hot tub, like, to get all right. And so at some point, Erica says, where's my purse? She starts freaking out. She starts out. freaking out. She can't find her purse. Okay, freaking out. She's like, she's like, one of these motherfuckers stole my purse, right? Her version is that either Josh or Jeannie have stolen her purse, mm-hmm. okay? And she says to BJ... One of them stole my purse. She calls 911 to report that her purse has been stolen. Or that there were people there. There's people there. She She doesn't know them. They may have stolen her purse. And she hangs up. This call happened. This call actually happened. They go back and they find it. She hangs up when they go, What's your address? She hangs up. Okay. Okay. So she's toying with them, right? Basically. And then BJ comes with his gun and is like, Where's her purse? Mm -hmm. And at this point, Jeannie and Josh are like, Holy fucking shit. Like, now the gun is pointed at us. 
these people are out of their goddamn minds and they freak out flee to the bathroom flee lock to the bathroom the door. lock the door so they're hiding in the bathroom erica somehow the, there's like a window to the bathroom so she like leans out or there's, i don't know if there's a balcony but she somehow looks she sees where they are in the bathroom and tells bj so he starts shooting through the bathroom door and shoots josh twice through the door and just blood everywhere that is how he dies so now Jeannie doesn't know what to do, right? She's she's so in the she's bathroom. now in the fetal position under the vanity. And Erica comes in, and this is where Erica And says, he shoots the door open. Right. And kicks it open. And this is where she gets stabbed. We don't know whether she was also shot or not, but she she dies in the bathroom also. Because at some point the bodies were dismembered, bagged, and dropped off at various dumpsters in, uh, in Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. And then at some point, they were found in the landfill. The cops had done a search, found them in the landfill. Apparently, Delaware has a very specifically graded... They pretty much was able to lead them to the grid where that particular yeah. dumpster, and they found Jeannie's leg. Yeah. And the reason they were dismembered is this is how insane these people are. They're on the 20th floor penthouse... <laughs> of a condo in a seaside resort filled with tourists. You can't get a body out of there, right? So because of his Navy SEAL training, BJ knows how to dismember a human body. So he... <laughs> <laughs> I know this story. <laughs> like, you're looking at me like, why are we doing this case? No, I, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Could you start from the beginning? <laughs> So they so they put them body parts into like smaller bags and just start like taking them down like suitcases and duffel bags and stuff. They go to Delaware to try and get a little bit of distance between right. the crime scene. I think it was um, Erica who admitted this to the cops that she says this is what BJ did. And BJ says, all I did was like as if this was an OK thing. Dismember. Right. All I did was the dismembering. Right. I didn't do the killing. Right. I was uh, asleep. I was asleep, but I was just helping my wife, I think he says. Yeah. They put the body parts in these dumpsters. I'm surprised she let them go and not try to put them in the scrapbook. <laughs> well, she, she took a lot of pictures. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. The only picture she wouldn't take. <laughs> okay, I can't believe we have to say this out loud. But <laughs> the only photo she's like, I'm not doing that, is a photo of BJ holding the, the severed heads. Right. So right. She's like, I'm not taking that photo. Like, that's where she was. Was he posing? Yeah, yeah, he did pose. He did pose and he, and she, she did take the picture. That, but she wasn't going to put that in the scrapbook. Did, oh, did she actually take it? I thought she refused to take it. He had asked her to take it because he wanted to send it to his SEAL buddies. Oh, right. Hi, I'm Lale Arakogli, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you, and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. So they dump the body parts of these two people. They explain where they, eventually they tell the cops where the dumpsters were. Mm -hmm. And 
as Kim said, Delaware is able to very clearly trace right cell phone data or something maybe well, no, no it's, it's like they know maybe. they know where the trucks go but like each. making it so that you know that they went to that dumpster or yeah they well they, she the thing about her was that she was not trustworthy but she would give just enough information you know because at the end of the day she was trying to protect herself right and so she would lead them to oh yeah we went to this dumpster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then they could go to the landfill because in Delaware, Delaware is very flat and the landfill is like a weird thing because it's like the only tall thing in Delaware. Right. It's giant. So they know exactly where those trucks at that time would have done. So they got a ton of cops out there who are digging and digging and they pretty quickly find parts. Yeah. They don't don't find all of their body parts ever, but they do find. They don't find their heads. They never find the heads, but they find her leg. They found his Torso. torso. And oh, arm. Oh, yeah. So, his, did she find her purse? Oh, it was right here the whole time behind the couch. I guess they didn't try to steal it. Well, so interesting point about that. One of the key witnesses at their trial is a woman named Melissa Sealing. Yeah. Who later that same week mm-hmm. was approached by oh. Erica and BJ on the drunk to party, party on the strip. Mm-hmm. It so happened that. BJ and Erica were partying with a friend of hers, Justin. Justin, right, Justin Wright. Right, R-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Right, W-R-I-G-H-T. And he called her, Justin called his friend Melissa and said, hey, I'm partying with this couple, you want to come hang out? She comes and meets them. Oh, and also they had like a flat tire that needed changing. Right, and she had gone, helped them with the flat tire, and then it was like, oh, let's buy you a drink, come, let's buy you a drink. And she was Who had the flat tire? BJ and Erica? BJ and Erica had a quote, unquote, flat tire. So... This woman, Melissa, was like to her friend Justin, I don't like their vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, let's hang out, let's hang out. So they went all the way down all the steps, the drinks. They went to their condo. <laughs> yes. Erica is like, where's my purse? One of these motherfuckers stole my <gasps> purse. BJ pulls his gun on Justin and Melissa. And in fact, at one point, he grabs Melissa's face and says, it's really important that we find this purse. <clears throat> right. So this couple is able to to leave because BJ makes the decision at that exact moment spontaneously that it would be too difficult to dispose of another set of I'm out of garbage bodies. bags. I broke the saw on the last one. Yeah. So this couple so this leaves, an MO. and these people become witnesses who corroborate almost every aspect of what happened right. to the other couple. Oh my god. Here's a question is like is this the was was uh, Josh and uh, Jeannie the first one? Here's the thing. We don't know because slaycations, you find a random couple in a resort town. You make sure there's not a lot of tracing of, of where they are and mm-hmm. who they're with. No one really knows where you are. Sure. And if you look at it, if you take out this Hooters burglary where she invited the cops to find the IDs, mm-hmm. right? If that hadn't happened... Oh, yeah. All you have is missing persons, no connection to this couple. And if you actually looked at the condo, the cops said the, unless you were really looking, right. you would not have found the evidence. Like, they did a pretty good job of cleaning up. Whew. They replaced the door. Detective Burnell would say that he almost felt like a higher power was assisting in the mm-hmm. investigation. Yeah, there was so many lucky breaks because if this couple had just checked out of this condo, they'd replaced the door, mm-hmm. they'd removed all the stuff they've done a pretty good job of cleaning up the blood right there's no way this is the first time it doesn't feel like it right i mean they're too good at it yeah well it does make you wonder but also like this whole charade of the purse thing to be we're gonna set it up so that we can murder them and then why well it's like a game they play it's a game i mean look they're obviously toxic individuals of course now what happens it's every man, woman for themselves. She's trying to save her skin. He's not speaking. He gets on the stand, throws her under the bus. And as it turns out, BJ's case comes first and he is not charged with Joshua's murder. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because it was her gun. Right. So that the, the bullet right. And her gun. The gun was found in her purse and the spent and exactly so they decide it was her mm-hmm. right and what happens but to he him? was charged with Jeannie's murder oh so he's he's in jail he was, he was actually recently up for parole first parole hearing i think it was april last, last of 
2022, right? And they got like first degree, right? I mean, it's premeditated. She got a harsher sentence than him. Mm -hmm. She'll be up for parole in 2024. And he actually gets out of jail in 2030. Mm -hmm. So, So here, just think about this for a second. You premeditate a plan to trap people, murder them, dismember them, and then plan to do it again. We know you plan to do it again because the witnesses at the trial are the one yep. you plan to do it again to. And you go to jail for 28 years. Mm-hmm. There were people in New York State who were in jail for longer than that for having two ounces of marijuana. I was going to say, yeah. With no possibility of parole. Right. So this is where you start to understand how people can look at our justice system and ask, is it fair? Right. Like you get a high-powered attorney who makes a deal. You can literally murder people, chop them up, and plan to do it again, and go to jail for 28 years. That just seems insane. Like, why are these people getting out of jail? BJ will be able to walk out the door in 2030. Right. He'll be relatively young. He'll be able to continue Mm -hmm. living his life. I don't know, but I'm guessing he didn't become necessarily a better person in jail. But No, but he is a model prisoner. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can send him off to another country to be part of the SEALs again. And he could use his valor. Man, this is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's a real-life natural-born killers. Like, mm-hmm. there's no motive. They didn't, like, rob them. They no, didn't, there was no motive. You know, it's literally two lunatics killing for kicks. Mm-hmm. Right? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And we, scrapbooking. We've, before Instagram. Right. right. There's so much information about this case, but there's you can read about it for days. You can watch mm-hmm. the movies, everything. So wait, there was a movie made? TV no. stuff. TV. Yeah. Uh, like Discovery ID type. Yeah. 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 Right. Forensic files. And you said there was a book? Mm-hmm. A book. What was the book called? A Cruel Death. Gotcha. A Cruel. By William Phelps. Not the Hooters Shooters? Oof. What? That would be... <laughs> There it is. Always like that late in the episode. <laughs> I know. We're just weary <laughs> from the content. <laughs> he's like, My job's just begun. <laughs> uh, here we go. Ba-dum-bum. So it's interesting because as humans, you want there to be a motive. You're like, just just ex- tell me what the motive is so right. I can understand. Because you don't you don't like the idea that you could just be on vacation with your boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or whatever and just random fucking shit happens and you end up murdered and dismembered random as fuck like super random Mm because some crazy motherfuckers got together and brought out the worst in each other like Mm -hmm. the worst i'm like these people if they hadn't met none of this probably would have happened right and so we look for motives because it's the make it make sense right even if it was just like they were robbing them you're like okay i kind of understand that this just has not there's nothing right and so people have looked at her and said well what you know, what the hell was wrong with her? Like, why was this girl who was raised in this, this you know, well-to-do family by, by all parents accounts, who loved loving, her? loving, doting parents. Now, how old was she when this all was? 24. 24. 24. Okay. And so... I the, mean, the BJ, Also two. 24. Yeah, 24. And, oh, the two of them. You know, military on parents, the Parents, you know, loved him. He he worked hard. He was a lifeguard in high school. He... It, it, it's... So what were you going to say about her? If you look at, you know, all the information around this case, when people talk about, like, what happened to her, why would she do this? The the overwhelming majority of people point to this idea that her parents, her, her dad in particular, Mitch, was very aggressively, proactively about her being the best she could be, right? So when she got into basketball and was good at it, he's like, oh, we're going to make you great at it, and hired coaches and got her on these teams and just relentlessly, you know... What a bastard. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, I mean, I'm kind of... No, but it's it's a crazy thing to say, like, this idea, like, but, the ne- every kid whose parents are, you know, aggressively helping them pursue excellence is creating a murder. Like, it doesn't make... No. Like, if, like, I always say, like, you have to say it in reverse. So if she hadn't have had a dad who got her a basketball coach, she wouldn't be a, a murderer. Like, it just right. sounds so dumb. That's what people like to point to, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of a crazy thing to say when you think about how many people have grown up in truly abusive or homes of poverty or like really challenging situations and turn out great, right? right? They turn out to be Venus and Serena Williams. Sh- sure, or whoever, right? It's not a, 
know, what do you mean is it Serena Williams? I don't know what, how they grew up. No, I mean, I'm saying their father, their father was like a tyrant who made them the best, and like they became right, tennis but, champions. And some par- people's parents are tyrants, and they don't turn out to be the best. Mm-hmm. But they also don't turn out to be serial killers. They like, or you hooters know, robbers. You go to therapy and you work out the issues. But like, right. or hooters robbers. To me, it's like it's a really shitty thing to say. That it's that's, interesting it, because, because there is that need, yeah, to find a reason. You know, even in the book, it was kind of this search and it was kind of, oh, Erica had a lot of pressure. She Mm -hmm. had a lot of pressure. And one of the things that she would even say is her parents were so close and, you know, that she felt like the third wheel. So they want to make her be sort of the victim to him. I, I don't know if it's that as much as wanting to sort of make it make sense. Right. But they're not trying to make it make sense for him, are they? He's just like a bad dude who names his snake Hitler. and No, I think because BJ really didn't talk, there's really no information. There's really nothing to say about him. There wasn't anything we found prior to this that would say he was a bad dude. It seems like all the badness came out in the relationship, Mm -hmm. but we don't know. We don't know that for sure. I tell you what, I mean... Had they checked where this couple had been prior and try to match up any missing people or whatever? Mm. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look. What's that detective's name? Bernal. Yeah, I'm going to give him a call. (laughs) This case affected him, and he's no longer... This was the case that it broke him. Oh, okay. made him go. Yeah, yeah, it was all it was all terrible. I could see this. It was yeah. all terrible. No, I mean, even the all of it, all of, all it. of it was awful. And just the pictures after doing that to these people, and that was another thing. Her whole defense was, "I was abused," and but yet there's pictures of her smiling, happy, mm-hmm. scrapbooking. Yeah, yeah you got to remember, like, yeah. so they she cooked her own evidence, right? So mm-hmm. like. She had a whole camera roll after camera roll filled with pictures, not just of the couple, but of, of them partying, of them right. doing the crime. And this is before cell phones, like, with cameras, well, right? yeah. 2002? I mean, uh, 2002. So you're not I really mean, taking camera phones. You're, you're using, like, little cameras. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. she They it's had... Camera. Right. And she went and got this developed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had stacks of photos. She was constantly developing photos. What was that photo, Matt? Here you go. <laughs> that blood looks really realistic. You know what? Fuck the killers for a second. Like, let's talk about the poor people. Because yeah. I, I, you showed me a picture of Jeannie and Josh. And I got to say, like, you're talking about this older woman and a younger guy. And I thought the case was going to be younger guy kills older woman for her mm-hmm. money. You did say early on in part one, you were like, oh, I see where this is probably yeah. going. Right. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And instead, you get this couple that's, they look super sweet. They look super happy together. And tragic yeah trusting of people on vacation just trying to have Mm -hmm. a good time yeah having a good time probably i I mean i don't know based on what you're saying she was probably outside of her normal comfort zone but 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 had that fuck it i'm on vacation attitude well outside of her comfort zone but in ocean city maryland where Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's not like you're in Yeah, but you're staying out late you're you're getting drunk you're you're on a drunk bus why is a 50 something year old woman on the drunk kim i couldn't get you on a drunk bus if you got hit by the drunk bus and I had to use the drunk bus to get <laughs> you to the hospital, you would probably still refuse. You, Jerry would be driving the I'd drunk be bus. On the drunk. I would not be driving the drunk <laughs> bus. I do not try. I don't want to try oh, after drinking, but I would be on well, the drunk bus. Well, I mean, bus. I think, too, it's like, you know, you're on for this weekend getaway and you're just yeah, but like, you're not doing that on vacation, no, Kenny. No, but I'm... You're not doing I'm, that. I'm different. We can all agree that I'm different. I mean, you did say I was the killer of fun. You have said that about me. <laughs> Right. So I think she is a serial killer of fun for sure. She really so, is. Oh my no, god. He has you said, said that, that about your wife? Oh my god. About Kim? Several occasions. I don't I don't see it. I mean it doesn't mean he doesn't love me, but he has said that. <laughs> um but you know I'll take a polygraph. <laughs> it won't come up lying. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that goddamn polygraph for that. You got the sense that they really cared and loved each mm-hmm. other even his son who's an adult now zachary uh, um, is uh, josh's kid yeah was inspired by the um attorney the prosecutor he became a lawyer mm-hmm. and he actually spoke at the uh, parole hearing mm-hmm. and to think that this little boy grew up without his dad for no 
good goddamn reason yeah. for mm-hmm. no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea that this guy and and this woman, I mean, you know, you could throw the blame around. It really doesn't matter because what matters is that Jeannie and Josh are not here. Right. That's what matters for no reason. For no reason. It's yeah, it's pretty senseless. So with that in mind, what's the takeaway? Yeah, what is the takeaway? What is the takeaway, guys? Jerry, Adam, gosh, I don't know. You know, I mean, normally there's some pretty clear takeaway. I, I got, I gotta say, the takeaway on this one is just live every day like to your fullest, because <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to be hiding in a bathroom. I mean, I'm kind of not I, I'd say, now. I'd I'm say kind of not, get on that drunk bus, but, I mean, but just go home with your... Right. <laughs> right. Look, well, here's the thing. I, I, I think the takeaway, or one takeaway, should be... Because I'm sensing that at some point, Jeannie had some concern about the guns. If there's a little voice saying, it's fun, but... Let's let's not go back to anybody's house. I was going to say, let's like, stay public. Let's, yeah, stay in exactly. Public. It's, it's like it's, you really have to constantly be thinking safety. Like here's safety. the thing: if they met BJ alone and he was like, "Hey, come back to my place," they probably say no. But because it's a couple, mm-hmm. it feels safe. Exactly. And yeah, let's, that's a good one. Listening to your little voice because she's Jeannie does seem like the kind of person who would not have wanted to hang out with people with guns. However, we don't know if she had that little voice. And I just want to be careful that we're not saying... Tribute, yeah. I just don't want to say, oh, she. if only she had listened to the, to the little voice, because I don't know if she heard that. I wish I could say I saw something here to say, oh, don't do this or do that. Uh, right. I personally wouldn't go home to a stranger's apartment to two people who have guns. That would be just a hard no for me, but that's well, me. Well, you said, though, they're gun culture people. Like, then maybe it's... Uh, might be fine with it, you know? Yeah. That, for me, would have been the red flag, but that's not right. necessarily a red flag. And everybody. also, it's not part of our culture, in a sense, where the thing is, guns can be, like, such a big part of people's culture. You know, I have family... But here's the thing. It's not just the guns. If it's, like, rational people... Like, you got, you know, her snorting Adderall... Or no, Xanax. Xanax. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the ex-president. Sorry. Uh... She's, Wait, which ex-president? Uh, our ex-president. Oh, okay. Uh, snorting Adderall. No, she's snorting Xanax. They're doing shots. They're getting fucked up. And then let's go back to our place and they're gun-toting. Like, there's a lot of eh, things that, like, why? What is the thrill of doing that, you know? Look, even if I would like- be weary, like, hmm. Is this all a setup to get me? I would be like, yeah, I think we're good. Why don't we meet tomorrow for breakfast? See where right. that goes. Mm-hmm. We don't know you. <laughs> right. You know, right. that kind of thing. And then, you know, whatever. They turn out to be victims. And they're not the only victims. Hitler and HIV, growing up orphans. The snakes. <sighs> Who's caring for them? Wow. Wow. Josh, you <laughs> fed him that? Damn. That's dark. But they are, though. <laughs> And they're just innocent. <laughs> Are they innocent or have they killed? <laughs> just because they have a bad name, they're still just a snake. I mean, it they is, didn't name themselves. I, it's so dark and fucked up, but like it's kind of like genius things to name snakes. Oh. <laughs> the whole thing is, is, is so fucked up. If this was a movie, if you wrote this as a script, like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins. Convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run, 
you will hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh -huh. You go home, and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. But uh, <laughs> Hitler and HIV. Right. So I guess if someone told me I have snakes named Hitler and HIV, that would be a red, a red flag. You know what you me? get? You get you get two of the three. You get drugs, guns, like you got drugs, guns, and racist snake. So you get two of those three. Yeah. If, it's, if it's all three, all well, three let, boxes checked. Let's assume they didn't tell them about the racistly named snake. And, you know. <laughs> well, how do you guys know about it? Oh, do they have name tags? <laughs> how, do, how do we find out these snakes? Are they, do they, the snakes get on the stand? Ah, you know, guy named me Hitler. <laughs> Guy's an asshole. How do we know? I think that, I don't know if there was enough red flags here just to give like a tip, a takeaway. Because right. here's Look, the thing. Like, again, she's like, I'm an anxious person. I need my Xanax. It works faster if I snort it. Okay. Oh, you got in with guns. Oh, I used to use guns when I was in the military. Okay. I understand. You're absolutely right. There's like red flags, but you could also see how someone wouldn't see them as red flags. Well, and it's true. I mean, I know for me, if I'm on a drunk bus and that wouldn't happen, but let's say for the sake of That's argument, I'm makes one of us. Right. <laughs> I know I'm not going to be trying to hang out with the drunk couple, even though I'm on a drunk bus. Mm -hmm. By the way, any bus could easily become a drunk bus. <laughs> just so you know. Well, here's the other thing. The 100,000 foot view on this is we're doing this show, right? We're doing Slaycation because the idea is that people think they can get away with stuff on vacations because people's guards are down. Right. They're relaxed, right. right? And so this is that. I, this, they're not at that home. That really is. Right? That. This speaks to the whole, right. con the whole reason we're doing this is like, these murders happen because people think they can get away with it. Right. People's guards are down. People are relaxed. Right. Because if they were shopping in Key Food and they came in drunk and was like, oh, you know, they're not going to say, let me get this, mm -hmm. you know, cat food for you. All right. Let's. What a very oddly specific <laughs> reference. <to> cat food. <laughs> and tea food. Tea food and cat food. You know what, though? Actually, I will say we're missing one other thing. BJ and Erica were technically on vacation and they killed people. While on vacation. So this is this rare unicorn case mm -hmm. where the vacationers were also the murderers because mm -hmm. they were also on vacation. It was a it, they all, were on all a around. This is a full-on slaycation. Well, yeah. I guess we'll wrap this up because <laughs> there's nowhere else to go but down and get canceled. But crazy case. And now you see why we did it in two parts <laughs> to make it go down a little easier. It was a, it <laughs> but, was a uh, lot. Yeah. Kim, well, you want to sign off? Well... I don't even know what to say. There you go. But, you know. <laughs> well said. Thanks Thank for, hey, and if you guys have any takeaways that you'd like to share, please feel free. I, I really don't. We're, I don't. Well, maybe our audience has. Oh, a, you're asking the audience? Yes. Yeah. Takeaways. yes. Slication.com. Oh. <laughs> right. We have, we, we got to get a. We should get that. Yeah. We yeah, know. we have, by the time you hear this, we'll have slication.com. Yeah. And maybe can, we'll even read your takeaway. Yeah, or leave it in the comments or on, leave it in the on comments. Apple Podcasts, uh -huh. and we'll read your takeaway on this case. Yes, right. or or any of our cases. No, I just need someone to take me away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. We have such a interesting time sharing our whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's catch you on the next one.